This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. It is August 10th, 2020. As always, I'm here with my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, what it do, baby? I'm great. I'm I'm great because there's basketball on my television all day, every day. Uh, that is just as a basketball fan. Now, as a Magic fan, if you ask me how I'm doing, uh, we've had better weeks. I'm all I'm all right. I'm all right. That's how I, that's how I put it, I guess. Um, this uh, game today, you guys will be hearing this uh, the podcast after the game has been played against the Celtics. So. You know, tell me what happened, guys. Uh, but I'm pretty I sure. Think I can guess what happened. <laughs> I'm pretty sure if you put current me in a room with a bunch of people from tomorrow, uh, and they were all talking about the Magic game, I could blend in, right? Because without knowing the result, I can just blend in. I can be like, "Wow, uh, really struggled on the boards against the Sixers without AG and and MCW." Um, you know, really stunk today. You know, against the Celtics as well. So. Uh, I, I think that will continue to happen. We're just going to, uh, I'm going to read the just... starters here, Luke. You and I have talked about this a little bit, but we're looking at James Ennis, Gary Clark, Wes Awundu, DJ Augustine, and Nikola Vucevic. Are they playing the uh, Sioux City Heat? Is that the, the G League? No, I think we're going to see a lot of DJ and Vooch pick and roll. And then hopefully those other guys are just going to, like, you know, make good cuts and, and spot up and knock down open threes or. It's going to be really rough. And then second unit, we're looking at Markel, Terrence Ross, Kem Birch. I think our second unit beats our first. I mean, if who you else put are them we head going to head. see out there? Are we going to, say, are we going to see Melvin Frazier or, or BJ Johnson, Vic Law? Like, that's that's what we're going to be looking at as far as the, the second unit today, Luke. But let's we'll, – we'll, we'll talk more, you know, Celtics preview in, in a little bit. So, basically – you know, our, our last podcast was right after the Kings game where, you know, Jonathan Isaac had gone down with the knee injury and we were just like, you know, the Magic are fearing it's the ACL. You know, he just coming back from this knee injury. And since then, you know, on Monday it was confirmed that it was an ACL tear. Now he's also had the surgery. So it's also a confirmed meniscus tear. Mm. So... Life sucks. Now, you know, it's confirmed that Jonathan Isaac is going to be gone. With as cautious as the Magic have been with Chuma, um, you know, I, I think it's, it's probably going to be like 12-plus months until we see J.I. again. Yeah, I mean, and you're looking at it next year. Like, could you make a case that J.I. would be back next year for the later part of the season? Um, healthy enough, at least, would be the argument. And you could say, yeah, I'd be willing to say that he will be healthy enough. Um, at that point in the year, it, it depends on some things, right? Uh, it depends on how good Chuma is because how good Chuma is will determine probably our record because um, he will give us a good lift, whether he is in that starting role because there's not much competition for him um, this, you know, this next year, or uh, does he come off the bench and give us a lift? Regardless, the answer is uh, J.I. probably not coming back. I don't see us being in as good of a spot next year um, when he is technically healthy enough to maybe play 
um, for them to say, yeah, let's throw him out there. Uh, I think for safety reasons, especially after this freak incident, um, you know, the second time um, having two big injuries in the span of, you know, eight months uh, doesn't really bode well. Um, and so as a result, I think you're going to see the Magic be even more cautious, if that's even possible, um, with J.I. Uh, and I, I don't see him playing at all next year, while I do think eventually he would be healthy enough to take the court, um, possibly. I mean, I I can't see a world where he actually puts on a Magic uniform next year. I just think, you know, and the other thing that I, I wanted to talk to you about, you haven't, you and I haven't really discussed this yet. But, you know, they, they keep saying that this is completely unrelated to the, the knee injury. Like, unequivocally, this had nothing to do with the previous knee injury, right? And I'm just mm-hmm. like, it's just, it's that's way too much of a coincidence for me. Like, his, his third game back, he he tears the ACL in the same exact knee. What, what I'm thinking, they're saying is, oh, you know, they looked at the other structures, you know, that were injured the first time. And, you know, there is no, um, you know, damage to any of those, you know, ligaments and stuff like that. Okay, well, was the knee strong enough to support itself mm-hmm. to not have this, you know, ACL thing be related? I just, you have a hard time convincing me of that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say I know anything about medic- about injuries or I, I couldn't tell you where where certain obvious bones of the body are located, so I'm not about to get into that. All I know is we're without Jonathan Isaac for the rest of this stupid bubble uh, and next year as a result. Uh, and it's you know it's unfortunate that we have to roll out a starting lineup today that we do um, against the Boston <laughs> Celtics. And I, it is laughable, the, the lineup that we have to roll out. We literally don't have a choice. Um so just injuries have plagued this team so far in the bubble. Um, and, you know, uh, there was that concern. I don't know if this happens in a regular season. Um, you know, obviously it, it isn't happening in, in August if it's a normal regular season anyway. But there was the concern of injuries due to players and conditioning and things like that coming back into this environment, you know, three, four months later. Um, and, Jonathan, we see it. We see it with guys like Mo Bamba. Um, who, you know, essentially Cliff came out and said, you know, can, his conditioning's not right. And then, you know, Mo Bamba took to, to Facebook, which was really right. odd yeah, to clear the air for us. Yeah, I saw it on Facebook, and then I was like, okay, well, he must have posted it on, like, Instagram and Twitter. Nope, just Facebook. A big Facebook guy. Big yeah. Facebook guy. He really is, though. Like, if you – I follow him on Facebook, obviously, and if you, like, comment and stuff – like he'll respond to you sometimes. He'll like now. I don't know. I mean, with this recent um, instance, I I do think it's him behind the Facebook page. Previous to that, I kind of had my doubts, but right. maybe he just maybe he just prefers Facebook. I I don't know. But if if you don't know what we're talking about, basically Mo took to Facebook um, to reveal that in in June he had coronavirus. You know, he contracted COVID nineteen. He's not really sure you know, when or, or exactly how it happened, but um, I'm just scrolling back here. To, I'm going to read it word for word. He said, here's what's up. Got COVID in June and then two false positives in the bubble. It's not something that people will necessarily see, but none of this is easy. It's all consuming. I've got to get as much work done as possible on my own because the team is really focused on the playoffs and I really want to be out there with them. 
But in order for me to be out there with them, I have to work on myself. So he alluded to in, a, in an article uh, written by Josh Robbins that he had kind of started to hear some of the noise and just kind of wanted to put that out there to basically, you know, shut some people up. He didn't say that. that. Those are my words. But a lot of people were out there just talking crap about him. He sucks. He's not motivated, blah, 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 blah. Cliff doesn't trust him, blah, blah, blah. And I hope some of those people kind of rethink the way that they were talking about him after, you know, this new information has come to light. Yeah, I think the biggest thing from the majority of Magic fans was probably just we just don't know. Um, again, the Magic kind of trying to tiptoe around the reasonings and, right. you know, obviously they're kind of trying to just respect Mo as well. Um, but we all knew something wasn't adding up. There was, yeah, it was there just was like it reason. just didn't make sense why he wasn't like there was playing no, like at all. Yeah, and I get his conditioning, but obviously his conditioning took a hit since he had COVID, right. um, which was the big picture, the big thing, the the what we got out of it, um, because it didn't make sense. Um, it helped that he had you know gained those twenty pounds of muscle or whatever it was that you know oh maybe he just his conditioning isn't right. He's not used to that extra weight, but um, that didn't never really made too much sense to me either. Um, so it makes a lot more sense. At least we got somewhat of an answer. I'm glad Mo came out and said that. Um, good on him. Hopefully we see him out on the court. Um, hopefully soon, hopefully today uh, against yeah, Boston. Um, ho- hopefully he gets some minutes and some run. If he doesn't, that you know that that's gonna probably play a part in the loss um we just need more guys off the bench at this point he doesn't have to play incredible just do the right thing well last, uh don't um, make mistakes yeah last game we saw some you know birch at the four with vucevic on the floor so if they do that again maybe that opens up some you know minutes for mo but you know he, he basically said that you know he got covid right when like the individual workups were starting at the amway again so like he was behind in that respect and then got two false positives once he got to the bubble. So that's why we we're like, oh, why haven't we seen Mo in any of these, you know, practice videos the first few days? And that was why. So um, but yeah, I'm glad that, you know, obviously he seems to be doing well, even, you know, post COVID and everything. But it's it's probably going to be at least, you know, another I would guess another few weeks before we see Mo, you know, playing pretty regularly and with uh you know whoever we're going to face up against in the first round and the injuries and the way that the team is looking you know a few weeks we might not even be playing basketball anymore so we'll kind of have to wait and see um just to circle back to the JI conversation really briefly cuz I wanted to talk about Chuma for just a second you know Luke I've got a lot of Chuma rookie cards that I've been stocking up I'm I'm banking this on man, Chuma to this man has so many sent me a picture the other day when we were talking about Chuma bro as many as I have, I have nothing compared to some of these guys out here. Like, it's what I've seen, it's ridiculous. Like, of like Chuma? He, of just of Chuma. Just of Chuma. There are guys that have hundreds of Chuma cards. And I mean, signed is Chuma it, cards. Is there a more fun first name than Chuma to say? Probably not. It's a fun, Chuma. It's a fun name. Chuma Chuma. Yeah, it's, it is pretty fun to say. I, I would say that the, the under over of, you know, more fun names to say is probably at like three, and I would take the under. Right, definitely. Yeah, no, there's definitely under th- under three names more but, fun to say so than Chuma. I am literally like financially banking on Chuma to be good next year. I think you're filing bankruptcy if he's not. Pretty much, pretty much. My kids won't be able to eat if that's, Chuma is not you know, very, very good next season. And that's the price we're willing to pay. So. That's I'm I'm like uh you know Howard from uh from Uncut Gems. I'm I'm out here risking it all for for <laughs> Chuma Okiki, literally. 
Not literally, but you know, I have like fifteen. It's really not that many. Jonathan's kids are fine. They're fine. They're fine. Yeah, my kids are fine. They're they're eating. Child services don't listen to this. Rice and beans, but you know, they're still healthy. (laughs) No, Um, but so like so many things just are going to affect how good this team is next year. Like what happens with Evan? I haven't even started to look into what our cap space looks like. Even if Evan moves on, or I don't think we're going to really have money to spend on anybody. So, I mean, as much as I do think Evan needs to, you know, be moved, um, you know, one way or the other, it's just so much is up in the air right now. Now that Jonathan, I don't like, we don't see him next year at all. We're not going to see him until he's like 150% healthy until he's stronger. I thought than you were going to say 150 before. years old. I, no, please. No, no. <laughs> and, and like, I tweeted this out the other night, but even like the Advent Health commercials, they just make me so sad now because he seems like he he was really into that commercial. You know, he's talking about like <laughs> sacrificing for the good of your team, and like there's no other like better personification of like just working as hard as you can to try to you know benefit your team, and then just to, the kid tears his ACL. He's doing fine, by the way. Like we are so much more upset right now than Jonathan Isaac is. That's how just right like incredible the kid is, but couldn't feel worse it really sucks what uh switching gears to a more happy upbeat anything please i'm begging subject what uh what would you say the number one thing in the bubble that has surprised you and maybe pleased you the most um to see uh in the bubble from other nba teams is a non-magic fan related question uh, see this it's tough for me because like I would say the Suns but one of my best friends is a big Suns fan he's always telling me Devin Booker is the second coming of like you know Michael Jesus, Jordan say like it. literally like li- I don't want to <laughs> say that but like I mean you're not wrong like that's what he says no like, right not you he doesn't say he's the second coming of Jesus he's a devout Christian so he would never say anything as blasphemous as that but <laughs> like and everything short of the second coming of Jesus is Devin Booker. So it kills me to say this, but like I, I just I cannot believe what is happening with the Suns right now. Like oh, you and I, mean, I talked I, on the podcast and we were like, it's either them or the Wizards going 0 and eight. We we need to probably Please forgive uh, us, Phoenix. Apologize please. just because Please forgive us. Yeah, I mean five and oh. Um the only Phoenix on social media, by the way, is pretty funny Bro. right now but they're the phoenix suns social media team is five and zero right now they are they're just killing they, it they're the tj yeah, warren they, of social media right now oh tj warren suns don't want to talk about tj warren cash considerations um so yeah, that, that hurts but i mean that's such a weird parallel just because tj warren obviously as many of you know if you are keeping up with the bubble at all know that tj warren is a bona fide just bubble superstar yeah, just problem just gets it done. And like we've seen I mean, summer league all-stars, but this guy is on another level. This guy is unreal right now. Just playing out of his mind. Jimmy Butler said some hurtful things about TJ Warren uh, recently, you know, a few months back, right? Yeah. Was that a few months ago? Um, I mean, so, you know, you could tell me it was five years ago and I would believe you at this point, the way this okay. year is gone. Yeah. So we believe it was this season. Let's just say that we believe it was this season. Right. Um, so, I mean, and TJ Warren has just come alive. Um, Jimmy Butler awoke the beast. um, And I don't know what's going on. Nobody knows what's going on. The Suns um, also, you know, switching back to that, it's really interesting because Devin Booker's killing it. But but Devin Booker's always killing it for them. 
Right. Like he's always doing well. He might not be shooting the most effective field percent field goal percentage all the time, just because he's taking such a high volume of shots. But you guys got you got guys like Campaign chipping in, uh, Javon Carter from West Virginia uh, chipping in as well. Last night, I think he had like twenty points or something like something ridiculous. Um, and you know, you just you have so many guys that are contributing for them. Obviously, you get your nightly double double from DeAndre Ayton because that's DeAndre Ayton. He's just a massive human being and really skilled, um, young years player. Old. No, he's not. Right. Young. I don't care what they tell me. He's thirty. He looks thirty-five years old. Okay. That was like yeah. when they're like, yeah. "Yeah, Bismack Biombo is like twenty-four. I was like, "There's no way." Also, Thon Maker falls in that category. I don't believe you. Uh, Serge Ibaka, same thing. They say Serge Ibaka yeah. is like thirty. There's no way. No. So, all that to say, the Suns are 5-0. and I thought they'd be 0-5 at this point. I don't know what's going on. Um, when you and I, Jonathan, were kind of making our predictions for the, the bubble and the resumption of the season and the playoffs, I said near the end, we're doing all this just so we can look back and see what idiots we are, that we know nothing, and that right. it never goes as you think it will. Uh, the Suns five and zero being the biggest thing um obviously we didn't think tj warren would take off like he has um just been really incredible been a better player than victor oladipo um and you know it, that might be, not be something people are ready to talk about yet but tj warren if he keeps us up man like i hope yeah. he does because i this is incredible i love good nba storylines the pacers are winning the championship whoa like whoa. bro he, he's <laughs> dropping like Gosh, near 40 points a night right now in the bubble. Can can you imagine if they had Sabonis? Obviously, TJ Warren probably doesn't do this. Could you but imagine Sabonis, if the Pacers still had Paul George? Whoa, wolf. Yeesh. Yeesh. There's a lot Paul of George, conversations to be had there. There's a lot. There's boy, some Paul George stuff, some Dame Lillard stuff going on. The bubble, well, you're the a, bubble you're, is everything we wanted and more. Jonathan, you're a big Dame guy. I'm, uh, I'm a big well Dame, known. Dame guy. What were your takeaways from his two missed free throws yesterday in clutch time to the remarks made the laughing on the bench over there, uh, by Pat Bev. Um, were you surprised by any of it? And did you enjoy it? I, I thoroughly enjoyed all of it. Okay. Very on brand for Pat Bev, right? Like yeah. not surprised by that at the least, uh, Dame Lillard, extremely uncharacteristic to miss, you know, two clutch free throws in the last minute of a game. Right. However, the response after the game and on Instagram, extremely mm. on brand for Damian Lillard. For those that don't know what's going on, uh, I think the the Blazers were down two with within were, like they the were last down minute. they were down they were down one they're down one um, with like nineteen seconds to go, and Dame Lillard is fouled, goes to the free throw line. They're talking about Dame. Nobody else you want at the line right now. Blah 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 blah. Dame misses the front end uh, of the two free throws. Um, so now you're thinking, okay, worst case, Clips have a shot to go down to the other end of the court, get a bucket, uh, and win the game, or just go into OT. Dame misses the second free throw, and then you have Pat Bev over there just laughing, like jumping up on, like I guess, like a scores table like type thing, like a yeah. table. Yeah, and just going nuts. Also, Dying there was laughing. a lot of – there was so many weird storylines in this game um, from beginning to end, but especially at the end, obviously, with that happening, we're not used to seeing Dame miss a shot, let alone two free throws in a row. I saw that the, the, the percentage, statistically, that a free throw shooter of his caliber, I think he shoots like 88, 89, something like that percent Close from the free throw line. Right. 
the 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 percent chance statistically that a guy of his caliber um, misses two free throws in a row is one point four percent. Unbelievable. Missed them both, but the craziest part: Kawhi Leonard rested. So everybody's saying, "Oh, the clip, the Battle of LA is for real." The Clippers really want the Lakers to to play against the Blazers and really help them. They don't want to win this game today. I was like, "Oh, I don't know." Jonathan, three minutes left in the game. The game is close. The Clippers are down at this point. Clippers were down five with a minute and a half to go. Paul George is nowhere to be seen. They don't care about that game. And somehow, they win. So, I don't know what kind of tomfoolery is happening over there. <laughs> Clearly, I just used the word tomfoolery probably for the first time in my life. Um, it, it's incredible that Paul George wasn't even in the game. Um, Pat Bev was obviously not playing. Kawhi was resting the whole time, obviously. Um, so, the whole game in itself was just really weird. But, I, I mean, it well, was then- the weirdest game of the bubble probably. After the game, you know, Pat Bev, you know, they're hitting the the wave to Dame that Dame famously gave to, you know, right. the Oklahoma City Thunder last year after hitting, you know, that shot basically from North Carolina and, you know, sent them home. And now basically the, the it's getting really rough for the, the Trailblazers. Basically, they don't have a shot uh, to, to make the playoffs at this point. But after the game, reporters were asking Dame, like, what did you think about that? He's like, he's like it's not a big deal to me. You know, it just shows – you know, what they expect from me. They expect me to make those shots. He's like, it's more of like a sign of respect. And honestly, it just shows you how hurt they are by what I did to them in the past. So that was just extremely on brand for Damian Lillard to take what should just be a humiliating, like embarrassing. Like anybody else has taken that L, right? And Damian's like, no, I'm not. I'm from Oakland. This doesn't bother me, right? What, so what is what is going through PG and, and Pat Bev's head? They know that Dame really has just owned them historically. Right. Like, I, I mean, as crushing of a blow last year as you can take if you're Paul George, Dame waves you goodbye off the court, and then you have the audacity in a regular season game to try to get back at right. him. And then, and then even further, he didn't even collect his thoughts and cool down. He just went to Instagram – and and just said and you're and yeah he sent me home whatever he's going home now right and just like laughed about it I'm like I would much rather go home now than the way he well, sent then, you home last well then well then Dame comes back he's like he's like he's like yeah you just keep switching teams you guys are a bunch of bums he told him to keep chasing the grind yeah or or, or keep running from the grind or some something yeah. to that effect like keep switching yeah, teams. yeah running away from yeah the keep grind. keep yeah, running yeah. away from the grind like I'm I'm here really doing it in Portland which like. I love Damian Lillard, but like the odds of him winning a championship in Portland, largely thanks to Lamarcus Aldridge just bouncing, are at this point, you know, it's looking pretty slim. I think at some point, you know, they they gotta they gotta shake things up there in Portland. But I mean, props to Dame. Right. He he seems like he's gonna be a Blazer for life. I would love to have that guy in the Magic, but just not looking right. great. But yeah, I I thoroughly enjoyed all of that, and then. Really, the only like the the really big storyline, Luke. They kind of put this whole you know scenario together where like if you're the ninth seed and you're four games or closer, uh, you know, to the eighth seed, then you have a play-in game to try to make the playoffs. We know all of this was built to try to get Zion and the Pelicans into the playoffs, and like Zion is legitimately just like not playing at all right now. Right. Can we talk about that? Y- yeah. Um. 
I mean, you said it to me. I don't remember if you said it on record, but you said, you know, Zion's looking a little little beefy out there. I'm, I've been – I'll say it to anybody that's listening, he, he looks chunky. He looks chunky. And so, you know, that conditioning is not right. Uh, I mean, I don't know. The, 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 the craziest part to me is he's playing these minutes, but he's – No, he's amazing. He's, don't get me wrong. He's, he's effective. He's being effective and efficient even with these minutes. But it is interesting. I, I forget which game it was the other day. I've watched so much basketball uh, recently that I can't remember. Um, but the Pelicans were playing. Um, it was a tight game. There was like four minutes left in the game, and Zion comes out. And I'm like, what is happening? Because usually if you're in with four minutes to go, it's tight. You typically ride it out, play the rest of the game. Zion comes out. And I'm like, that's that's really weird. Is he really out for the rest of the game? Is this really where his conditioning's at? And then they put him in two minutes later. I'm like, what, what is going on here? Yeah. Like, he's an incredible player, but if his can if he can't play two extra minutes in a close game, what what can we expect from Zion? I, I mean, I don't I don't know. I, obviously, with the the clip he's playing at, he's doing well. Um, his, his stats are nothing to scoff at, but I don't know, man, it's, it's really weird. Uh, and to your point, the NBA really would like Zion in, in the playoffs, but Pelicans really aren't doing him any favors. Zion apparently isn't running up and down the court as much as he should during practice, uh, to get that conditioning up. So I, I mean, I don't know what to expect from the Pelicans right now. They're getting the work from the San Antonio Spurs. Obviously that could change by the time you guys hear this tomorrow. I think right now it's, it's 62 to 45 at halftime. So um, I don't know. I don't know what to expect with, with the Pels. I actually want to check his minutes um, right now at halftime and see if we can get an idea of how many minutes he's looking to play. He's played 12 minutes of the 24. So maybe he plays 24 minutes, which is pretty much what he's been playing the whole time. Right. Um, and, and maybe and sometimes less. 15 minutes early on, and now he's been playing like 24 to 25 minutes. So And he's struggling right now too. So, I, I mean, I don't know what what the pelicans are going to look like it, it that that eight seed is really interesting um i would love at this point for obviously a blazers memphis play in um or uh, a suns memphis the suns play in. in there i mean yeah. they're they're they meet the criteria right now and i have to walk back what i said a few minutes ago about the blazers they're still you know very much in the thick of it um they're just a game behind the grizzlies so if it holds you know they'll be in that play in game and if, right if, if they win yesterday they're uh, they might you know be the eight spot playing in the plan it looks like a plan is inevitable right now in the western conference yeah, definitely it's just a matter of who it's going to be which is insane because there's only three games left and we have no idea yeah i think um i mean the spurs win they're going to be right there but i think the the pelicans with a loss today they're it's going to be almost mathematically impossible for them to to make that just because they still have so many teams to you know get ahead of to get to that ninth spot so, but yeah, I, th- I think it's probably they're going to come down to the Trailblazers and Suns and and with Zion, right? Just the reason I'm saying he's too heavy, like I'm not trying to fat shame or anything like that, but I just a guy that size, we've never seen somebody that size, that athletic, and for him to be running and jumping, you know, seventy plus games a year, I I just don't know how your you know joints and ligaments are, are going to hold up to have like a you know a lengthy career. You know what I mean? And, and the Pelicans definitely want him to. You know, we saw that picture a few weeks before the bubble of him in the mask in the weight room at the Pelicans facility just looking lean. 
and now I feel like we've been catfished. But someone photoshopped that, no doubt. It's, it's so, something had to happen. Something. Someone put some edges on him. Something, something something's did. going on. But. Also, I want to talk about this while we're in the Western Conference real quick before we kind of switch over to, you know, the the magic and what it'll mean for, you know, them and what they've got to do in their scenario to try to get that seven spot, which looks very unlikely now, but who knows? Um, after all, it is bubble basketball. It's all unpredictable. But uh, let's say you're the Lakers right now, who, by the way, the Lakers are Wolf. driving the struggle bus right now. Um, they lose to the Pacers yesterday. Again, they fall victim behind the struggle bus. They, that's true. Uh, they fall victim to TJ Warren, just like the rest of us. Everybody, uh, 39 points dropped on the Lakers. Do, if you're the Lakers, do you want to see a team like the Phoenix Suns right now in the playoffs? I get the matchup and you can look at it on paper, but man, the way the Lakers are struggling and the way that the, the Suns are playing it would be a lot of fun to get an AD DeAndre Ayton matchup. So I would love it, but I'm not saying the Lakers will lose, but I think that'd be a really compelling series to, to see kind of the battle of the big men and see if LeBron can get it back on track. He played decent yesterday, but it had been kind of struggling as of late and AD struggled mightily yesterday. This is, this is what I've got to say about, about the Lakers, right? I I have my doubts, right? Like I have serious doubts now about, you know, what's going to happen with them come playoff time. But and I know it's been 3 years. But when LeBron, you know, first season with, you know, without Kyrie in Cleveland, you know, Kevin Love was out. When we when we were going into those Eastern Conference playoffs, I'm like, I just I just I'm not sure if the, you know, I'm not sure that the Cavs are going to be able to get it done. And then what was mm-hmm. it like Seven games against the Pacers. It was like four or five games against the Raptors. Seven games against the Celtics. Like, we just saw the very best from LeBron. So, at that point, like, I've kind of learned, like, all right, maybe we shouldn't doubt LeBron until, like, he's proved that he doesn't have it anymore. Like, he was looking pretty rough, but like you said, played pretty well last night. So, Mm -hmm. but I just don't know what's going to happen with the Lakers. If him and AD can put it together, then it's, you know, a, a completely different team, but... I really think like the loss of Avery Bradley was like a real thing for them, right? Just his yeah. ability to, to, you know, just be an absolute pit bull, you know, uh, defensively his ability to, you know, get his own shot at times. Um, you know, the, the JR and the Dion waiters things hasn't like totally worked out just yet. It doesn't seem like JaVale and Dwight have been like the same players they were in the regular season, but maybe they can kind of play into shape. Maybe they know they have the first seed locked up and they're just kind of sandbagging and waiting for the playoffs. I I really don't know, but the Western Conference is, is especially the playoffs are going to be so much fun to watch talking about like the play in game. But then we've got the Lakers, the Clippers, like teams like the Rockets, you know, the Mavericks. Luke has been playing out of his mind. So Mm. That dude is unreal. He's unbelievable. Hey, Magic were one loss, one more loss in the you know the 2017 season away from uh, having Luka Doncic. But we don't have to talk about that. I don't want to talk about it. But let's let's talk about the people are here for a reason. It's an Orlando Magic podcast. They want to talk some Orlando Magic basketball. We talked about some really sad news at the beginning of the podcast. This week we don't really have too much good news. Um, you know, for the Magic, I think. Luke, you We're know, full of bad pro- news. It's all it's all bad news. We're just the bad news bears today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, basically this is breaking down exactly the way that you and I predicted it. Um, you know, before the bubble for us, for for you and I, right? Yeah, not you know, for the seven seed, 
not for the, yeah, the you know the team in the seven spot right now. It's, we clearly didn't know that the freaking Nets G League team is the the L A Lakers of the regular season. Like what? What is happening? This is what I think. This is my theory, right? And it really started with the first game, you know, um, you know, against the Nets for us. Like that first half when it was, you know, semi close. You got guys like, you know, Chris Chioza and um, you know, Jared Allen, Joe Harris, like these other guys are like, you know, we don't have K D, we don't have Kyrie, we don't have Spencer Dinwiddie. But like a lot of these guys are literally playing for their careers right now. Yeah. They're 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 playing like they have nothing to lose because they don't. They have a bunch of MCW energy level guys right well, now. Well then then we've got, you know, teams like the, you know, the Bucks not doing us any favors. Like literally, you know, the the Nets beat the Bucks the other night and basically yeah. the entire fourth quarter the Bucks are sitting the Nets. So like I, I texted you like we were relying on Frank Mason at that point down the stretch to be able to to beat the Nets for us. You know, there was no Chris Middleton out there. It w- it was basically, it was uh, DJ Wilson. It was Frank Mason. It was Dante DiVincenzo. They threw Kyle Korver out there for a few minutes. But these are the guys that we're relying on to beat the Nets for us. And they just couldn't get it done. No. Um, Bucks don't care, uh, clearly. Right. They've got um, the one seed wrapped up. They're they're good to the, go. The Nets care a lot. Um their guys do at least about individually, which is in turn has helped them as from a team standpoint. Um, but I mean, if you look at the rest of the year, I believe the way that you kind of, and, and it's been rolled out is the magic need to go two and one. Um, obviously you guys know the result of the Celtics game at this point. So you know what it is now. Um, but you got to go two and one. One of those wins has to be against the Brooklyn Nets in order to gain a whole game up on them. Um, and, and then the Nets need to go 0 and 3. Now, what I'll say is it is not impossible that the Nets go 0 and 3. Um, I have more hope in the Nets going 0 and 3 than I do us going 2 and 1, um, including beating them. Let's say we do beat them, we still probably lose the Celtics tonight. Um, so then at that point we have to go 1 and 1. I'm not super optimistic we beat the Pelicans at the final game of the year. Although that will provide, obviously, if we beat if we if we lose to the Celtics, we beat the Nets. It'll lead to a great finale if the Nets are still zero and two up to that point um, to see if we can get that seven spot. The uh, Trailblazers are the Nets' last game, and the Net and the Blazers will be fighting just as hard as the Nets, probably harder, and they have more talent. So you can probably guess the Blazers win that game, right? Right. Um, it all really comes down to August eleventh, Tuesday. Uh, what time is that game? It's going to be at 1 p.m. Okay, I didn't know if that was just like a default thing and they weren't sure yet. Yeah, so for me, it's noon and uh comes down to that game. Hopefully the guys get up for that game. If they can't get up for it, they clearly don't want the 7th seed that badly. So, uh, especially if the Nets lose to the Clippers. So, it's not statistically impossible, but like I said, I have more faith that the Nets go 0-3 uh, than the Magic going 2-1. and This ultimately comes down to that Pelicans game, probably. Well, I'm I'm still pretty like cautiously optimistic, I think, just because we've been handed so much bad news in the last week. It's just like we're all like, okay, well, we're just we're, – we're completely screwed anyways, right? I mean, like we picked the Magic to, to win the first two games, lose four in a row, win the last two games. We're still in line to do that, right? Now, we didn't think the Nets were, you know, going to beat – you know the, the Bucks or anything like that, right? 
but we still guessed mm-hmm. that they were going to go either two and six or three and five. I think the odds of them finishing the next three games, zero and three, are pretty good. Got the Clippers, really good team. The Magic are obviously still the better team. They're going to need to win that game. Still the more talented team. And then the the Blazers, like you said, they're going to need to win that game. So the chances of the mm-hmm. Nets going, um, you know, going zero and three is is pretty good. For me, it's going to come down to the Pelicans game. It's going to be like a, right. a fifty. It's going to be a coin flip of whether or not we end up in the seventh or eighth seed. All of that being said, I still think given all the crap that's been handed to us recently, it's still going to be a failure if we don't end up in the seventh seed. The Nets are not making any excuses. They're missing plenty of guys, right? They're still going out, playing, and winning games. The Magic need to do the same. Yep. Right? So, yep. But anyway, so talking about talking about the Pacers game, basically it all came down to that first quarter. The Magic go down 43-22 to after the first quarter. TJ Warren was just was shooting the lights out in that first quarter. He ends up, you know, uh, what are we looking at here? 32 points, 13 of 17 from the floor. So just incredibly efficient. Miles Turner, 7 of 11 from the floor, 21 points. Oladipo adding 13. Brogdon, Aaron Holiday, McConnell, all 12 points for them, right? Then we turn that game on its head, and basically, like, Evan Fournier, 2 of 10 from the floor. Like, mm. that... It's just a huge difference in the game. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been no secret. Fournier's had a, a game, I think, or two, where he's performed to the um, caliber necessary and what his averages reflect. But uh, outside of that, uh, big game Evan Fournier really hasn't been big game Evan Fournier. No. So, uh, it's obviously not just on Evan Fournier. Obviously, these bad breaks the Magic have been catching is super unfortunate. Um, but uh, all that to say, there's a lot of flags raised going into these last three games. Um, but the, the truth of the matter is, you get the seven seed, you get the eight seed. If you get the seven seed, maybe you're getting a gentleman sweep, not in your favor. Uh, yeah. you get the eight seed. Yeah, imagine if we gentlemen swept uh, Toronto Raptors seven. That'd be incredible. One. Um, you get the Bucks, unless the Bucks do what they did against the Nets and say we don't care about this game and sit Giannis the second half. Um, and even still, I don't know if the Magic win that game. Um, this also rides on just AG getting back to 100 percent healthy. Obviously, he's going to have a bum hamstring probably. Um, him going up against Giannis scares me um, for his hamstring. Uh, and, and then same, I mean, really for the Raptors, but Raptors are just more desirable to play just because, um, you know, they don't have a Giannis. They have multiple guys that can beat you, but they don't have Giannis. Uh, so all that to say, it's, uh, it's, it's a tough road these last three games and the playoffs are not going to get any easier either. Um, you know, magic basketball probably is definitely over here in a couple weeks. Well, I mean, we've, we've been talking, you know, you and I specifically have been, you know, talking about, you know, a potential matchup with the Raptors, you know, in the first round if we do get the seventh seed and we got a, a chance to see what that looked like the other night. And uh, again, it really didn't, it really didn't go well, right? Magic lose 109 to 99 to the Raptors. And honestly, Luke, you know, they were really hanging in there. Um, un- really what swung the entire game for me was just, was Kyle Lowry and it wasn't because Kyle Lowry just had this gate 
great game. You know, he ends up with, you know, eight points, nine rebounds, ten assists, so almost a triple-double, but, you know, two of nine shooting. Uh, but really, the the one play that swung the game in their favor was, you know, Aaron Gordon basically what looks like is going to be just an easy give-me dunk. Uh, Kyle Lowry just decides to run underneath the basket, just really cock back, swipe at Aaron Gordon and causing Aaron to, you know, land awkwardly. That left leg, I think it was, or swings up in the air, pulls his hamstring, and I think played like one or two possessions after that, hamstring tightened up, and then he was removed from the game. Like, Yeah, and we thought he was all right. Um, I think he had a move in the post, like not too soon, too late yeah, after that. Yeah, he got that. an one right after that. And then, um, you know, goes back out, and here we are two games later, and he's still not playing. So, yeah. Thanks, Kyle Lowry. Yeah, absolutely. And then, I mean, like, you know, we, we've talked about Evan Fournier, you know, plenty, but this was just another – during the game I tweeted out that, you know, if, if Terrence Ross and Evan Fournier aren't knocking down three-point shots consistently, it just almost always spells disaster for the Magic. Like, when you look at that starting unit, everybody – you know, knows that Evan is probably the best shooter, definitely, in my opinion, the best shooter in that unit. And then Terrence Ross, like, playing for the Magic, he literally has one job, and it's to shoot threes. So when the two of those guys combine for four of 16 from the three-point line, it's just never going to bode well. The Magic aren't going to get the spacing that they need, not going to have enough points, really, to win the game. And the Magic didn't really play, like, poorly in this game. It just came down to the you know the the Raptors being better the Raptors knocking down shots looking at you know Fred Van Vliet um you know Norman Powell you know had a, a few really really tough shots in this game you know knocking down those shots and that's what it came down to um the other thing for me is like I get that Markell is on this minutes restriction but why is it necessary that DJ has to start I think you know Cliff really likes the way that Markell looks in that second unit but especially like the last you know, five, six minutes of a game. We'll talk about the, the Philadelphia game. I know that, uh, yeah, Luke was making fun of the way I say Philadelphia, whatever. I say it wrong. <laughs> Who cares? He didn't want to bring it up on the podcast, but I'm bringing it up anyways. But the Philadelphia game, <laughs> um, mm. you know, those last, you know, five minutes of, of Markel not being out there really just killed us. But even if Markel's on the minutes restriction, you know, if he's playing, you know, 22 minutes a game or whatever, play him for the first five minutes of the first quarter and then bring DJ in and then, you know, let Markel play the last five, six minutes of a game. I think just when it's crunch time, your best players need to be on the floor. But we'll, you know, we'll talk more about that in a moment. But yeah, um, the Raptors defense really just stifling in this game. Like the the Magic just could not get good looks. <laughs> Vucevic, you and I kind of joked about this last week, but I've just I've lost all confidence that he's going to be able to play well against Marcus All. So, yeah, I mean, it no matter took what, you happens, way longer than first, it, than uh, it took me to say that. No, I know, but first round but, is going to be rough either way. Without Ji, it's it's just all bad. It's not good. Um, <laughs> and then you know after that Raptors lightly. game. After that Raptors game, obviously uh, Orlando played Philly, um, got our hopes up just to crush us uh, in the fourth quarter, like the Sixers crushed us. Um, I think outscored us thirty-two or thirty-one to twenty-two in the fourth quarter. Yeah, uh, and no Ben really Simmons, just, no Ben Simmons either. I mean, uh, the Sixers. I don't know if they even expected to to beat us. Um, Obviously, no AG helped, um, but 
the the Sixers drive. I'm I mean, without Ben Simmons, that team is going nowhere tough to watch. Yeah. But uh and and they'll finish out this season with uh Blazers, Suns, Raptors, Rockets. So they're gonna have a fun time with the Blazers and the Suns. I'm interested to see what happens with them. Obviously I'll be watching the rest of these Suns games um to see if they can actually go seven and one, eight or eight and oh. Regardless, if they go five and three, that's a dumb. I have no idea. I mean, yeah. Um obviously they want to get into the playoffs. Talk to a couple Suns fans who they say, I don't care if we get smacked four oh in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, which wanna be, be there. Huge which is something we can resonate with. Uh Definitely. last year. We didn't we didn't care what it looked like. We were so happy to get a get a game. Obviously, I was a little infatuated after we won game one, uh riding high. And then game two came out and that Raptors defense you were just talking about, just stifling. We we knew we learned all about the Raptors defense last year. Um, just incredible probably statistically second behind the Milwaukee Bucks and probably in defense, I think. Um, So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how this season plays out. There's still some dramatics to be had um, all over the bubble, but even for the Orlando Magic, um, we'll see if the the Magic keep it respectable today and then moving forward, the Nets on Tuesday. um, And that's the big one. Got to win that one. Um, And just, you know, Got to pray. So, yeah, always got to pray. Jumping back to uh, Sixers Magic. So, Magic fell 101 to 108. And, and Luke, I, I really, like, I never want to put the blame on one guy. Like, if you look, you know, throughout the course of a 48-minute game, like, there's definitely things that, you know, people can, you know, do, you know, better or, you know, th- other, you know, decisions that you can make and stuff like that. Like, um, you know, for instance, you know, Mark Hill had like a few offensive fouls in this game. If those aren't fouls and we get buckets, you know, maybe we're looking at a different game down the stretch. Looking at, you know, Philadelphia, uh, Alec Burks, you know, 22 points, 8 of 15 from the floor. Uh, I know he had a really good game against the Magic early in the, earlier in the year when he was playing for uh, the Warriors. Um, but if he doesn't shoot the ball, you know, quite as well, maybe we're talking about a different game. But when you look at, you know, Terrence Ross's stat line on the night, zero points, three rebounds, two assists. He went 0 of 10 from the floor, 0 of 4 from the three-point line. After the game, he, you know, t- tweeted out that he played like sugar, honey, iced tea. I'll let you put that together. The poop emoji, right, and that the loss was on him. I never agree that a, a loss is on one guy, um, but you, you just really can't argue that if Terrence Ross has a better game, the Magic basically can win this game. They have a a really good chance to win this game if Terrence Ross, if we get what we normally get out of Terrence, the Magic have a legitimate shot to win this game. So, um, I mean, Terrence and, and Evan have both really been hit or miss so far in the bubble, like even going back to the scrimmages. Um, we just, if those guys aren't firing on all cylinders and, and playing really, really well, it, it sucks to say this, man, but like this last week has just really took the wind out of my sails. And we might be kind of like overreacting because anytime you have four straight losses, it's going to feel like the end of the world. You, you just feel like you're the worst team in the league. If we have, you know, two wins coming down the stretch here, I might feel better, you know, going into the playoffs. But it's looking bleak right now, Luke. I can't lie. Yeah. I mean, you look around at that Sixers game, obviously, with Terrence even playing that bad. I mean, really, I'm, the Magic played with the Sixers the entire time. Obviously, Sixers trying to figure out what 
games look like without Ben Simmons now. But if you look at it, field goal percentage, we had a, a 2% um, advantage at 42% to their 40. Um, we shoot 2% less or worse on from the three-point line. We shoot 4% better from the free throw line. Um, you get out-rebounded by five offensively. Um, so that kind of stung. Um, but, I, I mean, you, if you look at it, it's really – it is guys like Terrence Ross who go 0 for 10. It's guys like Gary Clark who go 1 for 5. Um, Even Markel, you know, not his most efficient game. No, and you look at that, he went 4 for 12, 1 for 3 from 3, 13 points. I mean, it is what it is. The Magic, at the end of the day, are just working with what they've got. You've got to play guys like Gary Clark. You have to. Um, James Ennis obviously been starting for the Magic, um, played well against the Sixers, against his former team. Um, so I was happy for him for that. But, man, it would have been nice to to get that win, um, especially with how the, the Nets have been just kind of been getting some really outlandish wins to keep them up at that seventh spot. So let's talk some some quick Celtics. You know, it's literally 4.30 right now. That game's starting about 30 minutes. You guys will be listening to this Monday, so this game will have already have happened. But um, let's just talk real quick, like, what do we think is going to happen in this Celtics game? And then let's talk just a, a couple minutes a, about Markell, and then we'll wrap up here. Uh, yeah, so as far as the Celtics game goes, um, I mean, you heard our starting lineup for this game. Uh, it, it's not going to probably be pretty. Um, my hope is that the the Magic keep it respectable. Um you know, don't get beat by double digits at least. Um, and, and that's really all you can hope for. Hopefully Terrence has a bounce back game. Markel kind of tries to find a rhythm against Kimball Walker, who they announced will play more minutes uh, than he's been playing tonight. So go figure the magic slot continues. Magic killer confirmed. Yep. Right. So um, hopefully Kemba doesn't go off, but who knows? Um, like I said, hopefully T Ross bounces back. Ho- hopefully Markel has a good game. And we can get some good pr- production um, out of you know guys like Vucevic because you know we're gonna need it. Well, I mean, if you just look at the the Celtics last two games, just absolutely completely destroy the the Nets. You know, basically like a thirty point win there, and then smacked the Raptors Friday night, one twenty two to one hundred. So mm. I'm not feeling great about tonight. I mean, defense rebounding to me is like right now that's what the Magic have to focus on. Like if you don't defend well at a high level if you're not if you're not winning the rebounding battle we just can't bank on the offense to carry us to wins I always just thought that was the dumbest thing when people were like oh over our last 10 games the Magic are the number one offensive rated team I just always felt like it was a fluky like thing like the Magic get really really hot for a few games and then they revert to what they really are and I just think for this team to be successful you have to defend at a high level you have to rebound the ball at a high level you have to limit turnovers to have a chance against good teams sure the magic can get hot and beat the bad team sometimes but when it comes to the really good teams we've just seen if the magic don't defend don't rebound don't take care of the ball most of the time they're going to get waxed so we'll see what happens yep. tonight but let's talk about markel man i i we, you and i haven't really had this conversation yet but I just feel like I'm at the point where I'm not I'm not worried, right? Like, but I'm just like, when we say things, just like, hmm, like it doesn't make sense. Like, what do you think is like stopping Markel from, especially you know tonight? We're looking at a game without Aaron, without Evan, without Michael Carter Williams. Like, we're gonna need 
you know, probably anywhere from like 15 to 25 points from Markel tonight and moving forward for the Magic to play well and, and be competitive. So, like, a lot of people are like, why hasn't Markel, like, just taken the reins and be like, this is my team, I'm on the floor, this is what I'm going to do. We kind of saw it against Philadelphia the other night where he came out. It's kind of a revenge game for him. Obviously, everyone knows why. So I think that really played into it. But, like, when is it going to happen, Luke? Uh, I wish I knew. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I really don't know what it what it's going to take. Obviously, Markel um, coming off of, you know, being restricted. He's gotten more minutes the past few games. Um, than he had played the game before. I I don't know. Like I said, I hope that against the Celtics, he can match up against Kemba and kind of go at Kemba, and and we can see kind of a fun back and forth between those two players. I don't and, want it to um, be fun for them. I want it to be fun for us. Right, right. No, Just we want destroy. a fun time. We want we want Markel to drop twenty plus. Um, would be great. Um, but yeah, man. I as far as when, I don't know. I don't know. At this point, the season's so weird at this stage that it's hard to really predict anything. It's hard to know where their heads are at with, with J.I.'s injury, with A.G. being out, MCW being out tonight, Evan Fournier being out tonight. Um, hopefully that just means that they step up and they play well, and maybe this is a game where those guys can turn a corner who have been struggling. Um, guys like Markel, who have just been playing kind of average um, eh, for what we would hope for him. Um, hopefully tonight is that night that, that Markel can step up. It's just been – it's just, like, really weird because you just see it at – Anytime he wants it, he gets into that pain and either gets like the the pull up, the floater, or like that little hesitation turnaround jumper. You know, and and you know the statistic. You know, Mike Schmitz, you know who who used to be with Draft Express, who is now with ESPN. He put out this like ten minute long video the other day, just showing you know the things that Markel does well, um, showing that he really is the starting caliber you know, guard in the league, and he's one of the most efficient players in the league in the mid-range, also, you know, with those those mid-range turnarounds and things like that, so it's not even just about him getting to the rim anytime he wants, he can get into the paint and get a quality shot anytime he wants, and if he doesn't get a quality shot for himself, he draws attention from those, you know, bigs and, and has a dump off to, to Vooch or can find you know, an open shooter or something like that. So it's just really been a weird thing. Like mm-hmm. you said, I don't have a good handle on why, um, but it's just it's like a recurring question now. Like when is Markel going to become the guy? Like I jokingly said from the Six Man Show Twitter account, why doesn't Markel think he's as good as we all do? Because if he did, he would just – like I remember Damian right. Lillard's like rookie season. Like he just came in and, and took over. Tyreek Evans, now he hasn't been the player that we thought he was going to be after his rookie season, but his rookie season with the Kings, like he came in and just like, he just took over. And I feel like Markel could be, you know, that level of player as far as playmaker, getting to the rim, getting his own shot. And it's just like, we still have these questions as why Markel, you know, hasn't taken over yet. And he has a huge opportunity to do that tonight with, you know, the, the magic really needing him to do that. So I don't know. Maybe we'll be having a different conversation tomorrow, but it's just weird. Yeah, I mean, you you talk about guys like Dame and, and Tyreek. Um, you know, uh, I could be wrong, but I don't know that their supporting cast was incredible. At least Tyreek's. Um, so uh, it, it is kind of different. Obviously, the Magic's roster is not great either. If but there is any I, night I, where you could say the supporting cast is not there, tonight is the night. Tonight is the night, but hopefully um, with the supporting cast not being there against the Celtics, 
hopefully Markel can can step up, kind of do his thing. Cliff shows some more confidence in him, and and he gets the ball rolling. Um, and then that carries over into that massive game uh, against the Brooklyn Nets, which at this point is what all the people listening to are looking at right now, looking forward to, um, is that game. Um, hopefully we can get that win. Let's get a dub tonight, and then we've got the Nets on Tuesday and the Pelicans on Thursday. That that game uh, time is still to be determined, so we'll have to wait and see uh, what's going to happen on Thursday night. The Pelicans game, that they oh, haven't okay. released a time yet, so we'll have to keep a, a lookout for that. But, Luke, I don't have anything else. I have no more uh, rounds in the chamber this week. No, I'm, I'm good as well. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to the Six Man Show. We're just about 22 minutes from tip-off of the Celtics. Hopefully we'll be celebrating a magic win tomorrow. But again, thank you guys for listening to the Six Man Show. For Luke, this has been Jonathan, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!